You know, um, the song we opened up tonight, Are You Washed in the Blood? And the thing is, being washed by the blood is a cleaning process. We talked a little bit about Sunday, how the baptism represented death. And that's where the blood is applied. Because it's a covering. And that's why submersion or immersion is so important. Because with the death, there is a change. And give it Romans 6 and 4. Therefore, we are buried with him, how? Into a death. Now, what this saying is, baptism represents a death, and a death you must be buried. That like it, you got to know why you got to be baptized the way you're supposed to be baptized in order to make heaven. In John 3, John told, uh, Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man be born of water. And here is that water baptism that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness. So what does it say about somebody who went down in Jesus' name through a burial and got up walking the similar same way they did before they went down. Somebody in trouble. And the only reason somebody's in trouble is because that baptism didn't mean anything. That baptism didn't mean anything. Um, Baptism does also now save us. The like figure whereunto even baptism does also now save us. Baptism is not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer or the answering of a good conscience toward God. Water was designed to address my conscience, and it's just water, but when I put this key that goes to this lock, Mentally, I got an expectation. It's just a key. But this key go to this lock. And I'm not going through a bunch of keys because this is the one that go to this lock. So I've got an expectation in my mind when I put this key in this lock because I expect to get in. Now, if this lock don't work, I'm confused. Because I can't understand why this key did not work right. in this lock because right. I was expecting to get inside. Yes, sir. You hear what I'm saying? So the baptism addresses the conscience of a person. That's what baptism is about. It's about my conscience. I'm doing this not because the water got a special potion in it. Okay. I'm not doing it because somebody in the church asked me to. Right. I'm not doing it because the ministry said do this. Right. I'm doing it because I need help. Right. I'm doing it because I want help. Right. And in order for me to get help, the Bible said I've got to do this 
with an expectation that when I go down, whatever I go down, that I come up with a changed mind of expectation right. and desire. Right. Am I making sense? Yeah. That when I come up, I'm coming up different. I'm coming up because I want to be different. The answering of a good conscience toward God. Now, the funny thing is, is when you go down in Jesus' name the right way, something does happen down there. Yes. Besides just the water. Because the spirit of God comes in and creates a change on the inside. That kind of how that key went in, it turned the lock open. And now I can go inside. Uh, during this winter time, it, it's kind of neat. Because until you get inside, it's really cold outside. But when the lock opens, you hurry up and get inside. Because I know there's heat on the inside. There's safety on the inside. But while the door is locked and somebody with the key taking too long, you say, hurry up. It's cold. I got to get inside. And that's what salvation's about, about being in Christ. We want to get in Christ. Church is not a place where you come because it's another day. And our children, some of our children do not know that. Church is where I come to hear more about Jesus, more about God. Because, see, I'm fighting my conscience. There are things going through my mind now. I need help from the word with. There are things going through my mind now that I got to go to the house of God to get help with. Am I making sense? And I'm trying to relate it to using this key that's going to help me get inside. I got to get inside. It's cold out here. I got to get in Christ because there ain't no comfort out here. Man, why do you think people try to do all these mind-altering things, such as drugs, such as alcohol, such as adrenaline-seeking, such as this and such as that. Because they're trying to find a conscious reliever. When God trying to tell us it's baptism that answers of a good conscience towards God. It's about getting my conscience clean. Every time I go down to pray, it's a conscious cleaning period. It's time for me to empty out. It's time for me to have a little talk with Jesus, telling him where I'm at with all of this stuff. So that when I get up from this prayer time, my mind feels better. I may not have no more understanding, but I put it all on the altar. I don't feel like I'm heavy and broke down. Because I had a little talk with Jesus. When I come to the house of God, I come here getting something to get something that I don't have out there. That's why the sanctuary is supposed to be a holy place. That's why we don't do everything in the sanctuary like we do over there. We don't do in the sanctuary like in our living room. This is a place set aside for a purpose for me to hear the word, for me to pray to God. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to help us understand how we have regressed in our expectation of the key in the lock. God had 
Jesus to die and shed his blood so we can come inside. God ain't going outside. God ain't coming to get you. God is going to call you from wherever you at to come where you're supposed to be. Now, if you don't want to come, then that's your business. But you can't complain because no preparation has been made for you to do a lot better. There's no excuse for the way you live it. There's no excuse for doing wrong. It was a choice. Oh, I got dark skin too. So I know what I'm talking about. There's always a reason. But I'm here to tell you today, God wants us to have a good conscience toward him. And how do you get a good conscience if you want to address everything in your life? 1 Corinthians 14 and 40. At the end of this chapter, the writer says, let all things be done how? Decently. Decently. And the reason why they said that, because from verse 1 to 39, they had a lot of religious jokers. A lot of folks who were caught up in religion, but not doing things decently. It was about how they felt. It was about what they wanted. It's about what they thought God should expect. I'm going to get to the book of Isaiah before we quit tonight. But at the end of it, the writer said, let all things be done decently and orderly or in order. Can you do that? And I'm not asking, can you do that? I said, are you doing it? Do you have the knowledge as a person to do everything decently and orderly? As a spouse, do you have enough information to do all things decently and orderly? As a parent, do we have the same conviction, ability? Because this does not say you can try. This does not say 99 and a half will work. This three-letter word, all, means that there is a charge before you right now that if you cannot do all things decently and in orderly, you got to catch up. Now, can you see how much work we have to do on us? We really don't have no time to focus on nobody else. I'm behind the eight ball. I'm lost. I don't know how to fulfill my job. But you got enough time to check on somebody else. Yeah, they wrong too. But what they got to do with you? This is about me. And the problem is most parents cannot give it to their children so the children get into teenagehood, adulthood broke, and then real life shows up and you see the flaws in their lack of ability and now we got generation two dysfunctional. Because then nobody teach them how to do decent and in order. Nobody challenged them to learn what it means to be functional. You're so big that you got a problem, but you don't know how to address it. 
But yet, for those you parents whose kids get off of something that's too big for them, they get disciplined. Oh, but not you. Not you. It's supposed to be understandable. I ain't never been here before. I didn't know who to ask. Y'all know him. So he said, let all things be done decently and in order. So if you don't do all things decently in order, you're guilty. You're guilty. Now the Bible tells us everyone who does wrong is going to be beat with stripes. Everyone that does wrong willingly is going to be beat with many stripes. So how are you going to save yourself from getting beat? By doing stuff decent in order. That's just by finding out. I'm glad you got friends that don't mind you coloring outside the lines. But guess what? They ain't got no heaven or hell to put you in or take you out of. But you want to worry about the wrong person accepting you. Versus what did God say? And he's the one that has put in all the work. Some of us want to be angry with somebody because we don't have what we need. But God has put us all in a place with a called a support system. I don't care for the children how good your mom and dad is. That's for me to work on. Because as long as I'm standing here, they got help for your troubles. Your parents don't have to know. They might be deficit of the truth. But God puts you in a place where you can get help if you want help. Because it's all about what do you want. Do you want what you want or do you want what is right? I want to be respected. Well, you got to earn your respect. Let's go back. So when we look at this again, baptism, um, that even baptism does also now baptism. Because with a messed up conscience, what are you going to do? Anybody? Where do you think behavior comes from? It comes from a conscience. Now, this homosexuality thing, if your conscience is corrupted, it will be okay. But if your conscience is undefiled, you will say, when you hear that, that don't work. That don't work, because it don't work. But what I'm trying to say is, if your conscience is messed up, how can anything positive come from that? Do you know how many people, percentage-wise, we have trying to do the right thing with a broke conscience? And they can't understand how come I can't get it right. How come I can't get it right? How come I can't get it right? I shared, I don't know who with, in the last week. Never has to make a mistake. He never has to. He can. But it doesn't have to happen. Because he has too many people around him that will tell him the truth 
and he can grow from that. Or he can get independent and try something he ain't never tried before and end up doing it wrong because he doesn't have enough information to do it right. And so when I was talking to him, I said, should your seven-year-old kid ever make a mistake? Should they? Well, yeah. Okay, why? Because they're seven. But you should have taught your seven-year-old kid never to get to into anything they haven't been trained on. Right. They should have been taught that. And a parent should never let a seven-year-old kid engage in activities you haven't trained them on. Right. Oh, it's simple. I know it's too simple, maybe. And that's what they call parenting. But the point is, it's the conscience. It's the conscience. When your mind is broke, you want to get drunk. You want to get high. You want to hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, with evil standing right there. When your conscience, and I'm not trying to pigeonhole anybody, but doesn't it sound better to address the problem? Doesn't it sound better to fix the problem? And I guarantee there's no problem that anybody has that can't be fixed. But yet so many people don't like their life cannot be harmonious as it is. I've got to put my mind to sleep or I've got to infect my mind in a way to where I'm not 100% conscious in order to have fun. In order to have fun. I'm trying to help. Because have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Have you been washed in the blood? Because if you have not been washed in the blood, then how can ever your conscience that is defiled produce a positive action? Your emotions, your thoughts, your opinions come from a conscience. And if your conscience is wounded, how can anything healthy come from that? Now, I'm not saying you sticking around is a bad thing because I'd rather you stick around than run off and die. But sticking around, you got to learn something. You got to go to school and learn something. Did you see the and? You got to go to school and learn something. You just can't go to school. You just can't go to church. You've got to pick up some stuff while you're here. The value of something while you're here. And the biggest thing is my conscience got to be clean. Some of your conscience is messed up. And one service ain't going to clean it. But you come here down before God. Lord, help me get my conscience clean. Week two, Lord, help me get my conscience clean. Six months, Lord, help me get my conscience clean. But I'm saying this from the sanctuary. I'm not saying it from my couch at home. Though I may include my couch at home. While I'm asking God to address my conscience, I'm sitting at the table of ministry getting additional information so that my conscience can be addressed. 
I'm at the feet of the ministry getting understanding about things so I can get my conscience addressed. I'm just not going to school and going out the back door. When you're helping people, you look at their appetite for right. When their appetite for right don't exist, you think you're going to change them? You ain't doing nothing but being played. I'm not saying that's a bad thing because what I'm saying is facts is facts. Because what happens is you try to help somebody that don't want no help and you didn't see the sign and didn't want no help. Now you upset. Because you're trying to help somebody that don't want help. You can't teach a kid nothing that you ain't got no authority with. Pastor Sweets can't teach nobody nothing that you ain't got no influence with. But that don't keep me from saying it. Because one or two things are going to happen. Either the word is going to break you down or you're going to leave. Either way, I've done my job. Because my job, according to Isaiah, is to cry aloud, spare nobody. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. And show my people their transgressions or sins. I don't know who want to know. Maybe pew one want to know, pew two don't. I don't know. Maybe pew two want to help, pew one don't. I don't know. My job is just to hold everybody accountable. My job is to look around the room and see whose conscience is the fire. Pastor, how do you see the conscience? Watch the behavior. Because the behavior is a product of the conscience. I don't care how bad you spent five years in the prison. I don't care what you thought when you was there. If you don't crush your conscience, you're going back. Because it's your conscience that creates the problem. I don't care how bad you hate cigarettes. If you don't address your conscience, you're going to be back. Because the conscience is the last word. The mind ain't. The mind is a product of the conscience. And when the conscience is defiled, the brain is infected. And the brain is infected because we can see it through the action. Trying to help. So many folks say, I love the Lord and I won't take it back until you get pressed because you don't have no choice it's a nature problem a nature problem who hear what I'm saying I don't know why some of the people who are not here tonight but it really doesn't matter because that's between them and God it's December 21st 2019 God said what that mean to me what that mean to me it don't mean nothing to me God now, I know it means everything to the United States. To the United States, it's a big deal. Hence the liquor store jam packed the way it was. Somebody getting the day off, and they're going to get whatever they get tonight. But to God, it don't mean nothing. Who hear what I'm saying? So, when we begin, we're talking about a good conscience towards God. Baptism does also now save us. It's not the putting away or the covering of the filth of the flesh, but the answering, the ability to answer a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Has Jesus been crucified? He has. Has he been resurrected? He has. Therefore, the opportunity is here for everybody who wants to have a decent conscience. Right. How many parents know whether your kids got a, a good conscience or not? Raise your hand. How many of your parents know whether your kids got a good conscience or not? And how many know it's based on behavior? How many know that? And you wouldn't necessarily be right. You wouldn't necessarily be right. You wouldn't necessarily be right. A 15-year-old can act like they're eight because of lack of teaching. But you would think because of. They have never been taught. And that's why you adults have been able to change the way you had since you came in. Because there's a parent in the house. It wasn't that you wasn't had parents and raised, but they didn't have standards. They didn't have expectations. And since they didn't have standards, they didn't have expectations, guess what? You didn't get them. So therefore, how could you not violate because of the lack of teaching? Otherwise, you couldn't have been saved. But by the word of God, you come, now you're starting to get teaching. Now, in the beginning, it made you mad. In the beginning, it made you angry. In the beginning, it was offensive. But somewhere along the line, it started to make sense to you. Somewhere along the line, you started trying to do right. And you got to a place that said, I can make it. You know what? It's been three years, but I believe I understand what he's saying now. See, when I was at the place I was at, Man, don't tell me what to do. I'm a grown man, too. Who hear what I'm saying? But I began to look and to deal with the Bible, and it said, God said, I got to be a better man than I was last year. I got to be more respectable than I was last year. Man, I read the Bible, and God said, I ain't the boss. <laughs> Who hear what I'm saying? That I am a servant to the Most High. And if I want my wife to get in line, I got to get in line. If I want my kids to be in line, I got to get me and my wife in line. Who hear what I'm saying? We're talking about the conscience being addressed. Let's go back before we get to Jeremiah. So, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into a death. That old person is dead. Or are they? Now, the reality is that person is walking and talking just like he did before. But what I'm trying to tell you is I went down there with an expectation for myself. I went down in Jesus' name with an expectation to myself that I'm going to be different. Who hear what I'm saying? I'm not waiting on God. Why? Because God ain't waiting on me. God has already done everything he needs to do. And Do you know how special you are? Ain't everybody getting this? Why did God think about you enough to give you the truth to eternal life? See, a lot of them out there are hearing, do the best you can. A lot of them are hearing, God knows. A lot of them are hearing, hey, you ain't got to do all that. 
But God put you where somewhere where someone said, you got to do all that and more. That God does know, that's why you got to do it. Who hear what I'm saying? That's Bible. When did God change it? And I said, he didn't. So, this baptism represented death. That just like as Christ was raised up from the dead, how? By the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And that's because of who we're looking to. See, when I got baptized, I got baptized with an expectation. Come on now. I got this key in this lock with an expectation. And that's for this door to open. Why'd you get baptized if you don't expect to change? Why'd you go down in Jesus' name if you don't expect to change? Because the change is going to happen because it's an internal thing. That baptism is a chance for you to die. Oh my gosh. That's a chance for you to die. For you to put it under the blood of Jesus so you can walk differently. Tell me, who going to give you a chance like that? The criminal system going to give you a chance. Do your time. You still got a record. Mistreat somebody, and they got the memory of an elephant. But God said that you can go down in his name and walk, come up walking different. And you didn't have to pay for a chance like that. You got a chance to make a chance? And you're not going to make that change? Oh, just, ain't, ain't that what you said? Just give me a chance. If I could just get a chance. God gave you a legitimate chance. Every time you go down to pray, you done messed up this morning. You done tore up something this afternoon. This evening you got down on your knees. You said, Lord, help my mind. Lord, help my heart. Lord, I'm messing it up. You're going to put it all on the altar and God ain't going to give you a chance. He's going to tell you you can make it, but you got to make some changes. You got to look at this different. You got to walk different. I just seen something myself. My God, my God. God gave me a chance. You don't care what anybody else thinks, and God gave you a chance. That's all I needed was that chance. Y'all can have a seat. So it's that change. That even so, we also should walk differently. It's because you want to. You can go back to whatever you came from. You know, anybody that goes back, God considers them a dog returning back to the vomit. Anybody who goes back, goes back. And the Bible said a sow that returned back to the wallow. Uh-huh. It's a nature problem. No matter what you do, you got to go back. Bishop was sharing with us, if you watch AHB, he said he talked to a vet and a, a dog has to eat their vomit. A dog has to eat their vomit. 
Otherwise, nutritionally, they will suffer. That's why they eat their vomit. They have to. Dog has to eat their vomit. Some of us got to go back to where we came from because of a nature problem. It's a nature problem. That's why God's trying to separate you. Hebrews 4 and 12, and then we'll get to Jeremiah and then to Isaiah fairly quickly. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Doing what? Piercing. The word of God is piercing even to the dividing or the separating, uh, dividing asunder or the separating of soul and spirit. That small S there for soul is to separate us from our human nature. God sent his word to show us what was right. Yes. Now, you were born with a nature, and what was that nature? You were developed with a nature, and what was that nature? That nature was me, me, and me. My feelings, my thoughts, and my opinion. But God came to separate you from the me, me, and me. God came to introduce you. There's a way that's right. Can it overcome the me? And that's up to you. Because it's about what's right. right. Oh man, it's a tough road to hope. But I don't want to be no quitter. I want to make it. But the funny thing is, you're not by yourself. God had given you a support system. Some place you can go to have a little talk with Jesus. Some place you can go and talk to somebody that they can tell you something. Somebody you can dump on. Hey, I can't carry this by myself. Can I lay this on you? It's struggling to me. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to handle it. I need somebody to hear what I'm saying. I need somebody to feel what I'm feeling. That's what this is about. It's about real talk. It's about real talk. I'm struggling mentally. Talk to somebody. I'm struggling emotionally. Talk to somebody. Show me. No, don't do this. Don't do this. I was going to ask you, raise your hand if God will concede you an asset to his army. I'm talking about you as an adult, you know, of age 14 and older, 13 and older. I'm talking about you as a husband or a wife. I'm talking to you as a father or a mother. Or you a little brat. Because we got some brats in here. And I'm not talking about the ones that ain't here today. I'm talking about the ones who are here. We got some brats. People pushing your agenda. And it's ain't never been about your agenda. It's about being you being an instrument for God. Oh, I concede you a human. But what is your job for God? Are you fulfilling your job for God? And all of you ain't toes. All of you ain't ears. Are you doing what? Some of our teenagers don't even care what God wants. It's all about their feelings. Who, who, Bible said, get mother and father forsake you. Are you doing what God asked you to do? Because that's what it's about. God put you here right. as a 
God brought you to the age of reproduction. Thirteen-year-olds considered a young man. Thirteen-year-olds considered a young lady. At the age of being able to reproduce. In some countries, that age, they married already. And may have had a child already or two. And we've got some 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds. I say 18 because in America, that's what you consider the adult. We've got some 18, 19, and so on and so forth that still act like kids. Who hear what I'm saying? Um, You look at Psalms 27. Read. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me out. Do you know how many broke kids we got? You know how many broke kids we got in here? Because their mother or their father have left them? They act like the God that to control the universe don't exist. Now hold up. What's what I'm trying to tell you? They are broken because a carnal person couldn't handle the pressure and left. Okay? But this been in the Bible since the Bible was written. This been in the plan of God since the world existed. And the writer was saying when, not if, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will step in. And so what is the problem? It's a perception problem. It's a conscious problem. My mom left. My dad left. God is still here. Now, if God is still here, that's probably better than your mom and dad anyway. But your mind can't relate to that because your conscience is so messed up. I'm talking about how bad we are. Now, hopefully, you see this, you're going to challenge yourself to get where you're supposed to be. Because God said, when your father and your mother forsake you, don't treat you right. Leave, da, 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 da. God said, I'm there. God said, I'm there. And that's probably a better parent anyway. And so why would you be sad at all? Now, I prayed for my father. Who hear what I'm saying? I prayed for my father, but he ain't my God. When I was a kid growing up, my mom died at three and a half. And he'd been an alcoholic since and before, from what I understand. He couldn't be my father. Either he was my father, he he couldn't be my dad. He couldn't develop me because he loved alcohol too much. But that didn't mean I didn't get raised. God was there. I ain't going to try to eat dirt and try to get nutrition. I got some sense. I don't care if I got to steal food. I ain't eating dirt. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I know dirt can't help me. So why would I be eating dirt? And if I got to steal food, I know food wasn't supposed to help me. I ain't got no money to pay. Why'd you go and ask for it? I didn't have that much sense. Listen, what can God? What what is God saying about you? Um, I'm not doing very well. Thank God He didn't come today. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. What 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 is God saying? What 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 do you say? I I, I didn't do it very well. Thank you God for not coming today. Huh? Lord, I'm a, Lord, thank you for not coming today. Lord, I'm a half-baked pie. I haven't arrived yet. <laughs> and Lord, I want to praise your name right now. 
that you didn't come help me through the night. You hear what I'm saying? Um, actually, I, I'm doing a, a, a pretty bang-up job. But then they're coming tomorrow. Who hear what I'm saying? You might be doing everything right today, but tomorrow's coming. Who, you don't hear what I'm saying. Job said, the Lord giveth, the Lord take away. He said, blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, naked, I came into this world. He said, naked, I'm going out. Who hear what I'm saying? The fact is, if you ain't handling your business, it's time to start learning how to handle some business. If you're handling some business, please know that everything said, but tomorrow's another day. Who hear what I'm saying? Every day we're fighting to get better. God knows when he's coming. So I got to learn. How many of you went to kindergarten? And then first grade? And then second grade? Now, how many of you got to the third grade and said, I'm ready to graduate? Man, you knew you was going to 12 years of school. You know in the eighth grade you weren't going nowhere but to the ninth grade? Who hear what I'm saying? But then there's some folks that got to the 12th grade at the end of it and said, I'm graduating. The uh, counselor said, um, don't think so. Now, you thought you was graduating because you had put the time in. But the counselor said, uh, your credits don't reflect that. Who hear what I'm saying? And so no matter what God said, you got something to learn tomorrow. And if you already know you're behind, you definitely got something to learn tomorrow. Because even if you want point, you got something to learn tomorrow. If you're behind schedule, thank God for tomorrow. So it really doesn't matter. Because if you can't answer a yes within yourself, you better get there. Because your last day is coming. Your last day is coming. How many know you talk to God? How many know that? Anybody know that? All right. It all depends on what it is. In the wintertime, you'll put on some winter boots. Yeah. Don't put them winter boots on in the summertime. Your feet will burn up. You got to have discretion and able to deal with stuff as they need dealt with. Does that make sense? Uh, I'm one of the few parents, I, I can't really necessarily speak for my wife, but I'm one of the few parents that I will instruct my kids, and when they don't listen, I let them learn the hard way. But I'm there observing to make sure it don't cost them too much. And so when they cross that line and get shot, I said, now what I tell you? Because I'm watching. They're not going to go across the line without me knowing about it because I'm watching. My job as a parent is to supervise and observe. I got to know what's going on. Because if I don't know what's going on, then there could be anything going on. And part of my responsibility is know what's going on even when I'm not there. Uh, my kids are here. Uh, every time when I come home late, I wake one or two of them up and ask them, how'd your day go? Now, I'm not listening for what they said. I'm listening to the condition of their voice. Y'all don't hear me. Most of your parents don't even understand what that means. A good mom can tell her kid is lying with a smile on his face or her face. A good mom, and his dad, he took a hook, line, and sinker. But mama said, now tell the rest of it. He'd be like, what do you mean, mama? <laughs> and husband's like, what you mean, wife? <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you, you got to be in tune with your children. 
And most of you parents, all you do is hear the voice. Because I watch him. Your child been doing that for the last 10 minutes, but you just now caught it, and now you want to get mad. Right. But they've been doing it for the last 10 minutes. Uh-huh, because you ain't paying no attention to nothing. Mm-mm. We'll get to Isaiah before we get done. Thus saith the Lord. Now, Pastor Reese didn't say this. The Lord said this, all capital, not capital L, only. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the sight of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed at them. Now, a heathen, and you can find this in the New Testament, Jews require this, Gentiles require this. He said, people looking for emotional signs. Even some of them look up to the stars trying to get revelation. So it said, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. The signs of the heaven. Uh, I know this means this. If you don't believe me, ask one of them soothsayers on the phone. They'll tell you what it means. Miss Cleo. Miss Cleo used to be one of them. Yeah, learn not the ways of the heathen or the sinner, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. Why? Because it is what it is. Right. Verse 3. Because or for the custom of the people are vain. This word vain means worthless. The custom of the people are worthless. For one, cut a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. Ain't that what they do with the Christmas trees? But I know we got fake ones now. But it's a representation of the real thing. And what they do is they cut a tree out of the forest uh, with an axe, with the saw, the workman. Verse 11, 10, uh, 4, they get it with silver and with gold. They cut a tree out of the forest and they make it look pretty. Now I said, learn not the way of the heathen. Huh? Learn not the way of the heathen. Heathen is not a Christian. <laughs> heathen is not a good thing. They cut a tree out of the forest. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. You know that little base of that tree that's decked with silver and decked with gold? Now, originally, that's where this all started at, if you do your research. They are upright as a palm tree, but speak not. They must leave the Lord because they cannot go. Now, look at all the life we give this tree. Look at all the influence we get from this tree. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. How lovely are thy branches. That tree is dying. <laughs> it's fake. I pledge allegiance to the flag. You talk to that tree like it's, it's a symbol. Why? Because it is. It's a symbol. But speak not, they must need be born because they be not afraid of people practice that, for they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good. Yeah. It's Jesus' birthday, but everybody get a gift for him. It's Jesus' birthday, but we're going to get drunk on his day. Now, where should you be on the eve of his birthday? Thank you! <laughs> that was my decision why we were going to come here. Because if we're going to be somewhere on this
pagan holidays, we're going to be in the house of the Lord. Huh? Yeah, that's where we're going to be. Now, some people chose not to come tonight because it's Christmas Eve. Stay home. Take that up with God. Ain't got nothing doing here uh, with us. That would make sense. Get for me Isaiah chapter 1, verse 2. Watch this. Now, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Now, what most of us don't realize, if you study your Old Testament, when you committed a sin in the Old Testament, something died. Maybe you. Something died. But now we practice being out of the will of God like it's, a, like it's an addiction. We ain't studying getting in the will of God. Some of us, pastor tell you don't do that, and you will do it 18 more times. A year and a half later, pastor still saying the same thing. And yet, I know you keep telling me this. Now, what if your child did that? Shut up. You're you going to tell your child more than two times, and you ain't going to swat them? How about, can I swat you? All in favor, signify by the raising of your hand. <laughs> Now listen, the pastor going to say something, and now we got to say it 18 more times a year and a half later still. Because you don't accept it. Hear, oh, and give ear, give ear, oh, what? For the Lord has spoken. What did he say? I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Look what God is trying to tell us. Hear, O heavens, and give, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. What? I have the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled. And they have rebelled against me. How many of you are rebelling against God right now by doing stuff your way? Now I'm gonna share with you. You look at the Old Testament when you caught when you went against God. He cut it off. Something died. So how many of us are really operating dead right now unless God give us life again? Because right, right. see, a broke conscience, nothing can come good from a broke conscience. Right. Nothing. When you've got a broke conscience, which is me, me, and me, when that's all you think about is what I feel, what I think, my, I'm not talking about selfish. I'm talking about you supposed to be a man or a woman and it's, what do I want to eat? What do I want to do? Where do I want to live? You know what I'm saying? It's not about what's right. It's about what I want. What does that say about you husband and wives that get married and it's about your opinion? Now, when you're a man and you get woman, when you get married, it should be about hers. Two, when you're a wife, when you're a woman, you get married, you're a wife, it should be about him. And if you don't know this, biblically, the man is supposed to have vision and direction. A man is supposed to have vision and direction of what is right, not selfishness. I want to be an empire builder. What did God say? I want to do this. What did God say? A man is supposed to have vision for God, from God, by God. 
A woman's job, and you women listen to this, your job is to support that vision. I had a woman ask me about her sick child today, and the husband couldn't hear. So what do you do? Woman had no opinion, she's supposed to share. You think God ain't big enough to take care of your business? But somewhere a woman thinks it's good to go against her husband. For what reason? Unless you want to take the vision. Sometimes a man thinks it's right to go against his wife. For what reason? Except for division. And what I'm trying to say is short, it ain't about what he thinks. It ain't about what she thinks. It's about what's right. Now, I'm telling you who I am. I'm a good husband, a good man, a good husband, a good father. I'm going to tell you what is right, at least as I see it. Now, you may think I ain't got it right. Let's see. I ain't fighting you. We're going to see what's right. Because when God proved me right, I'm going to put it all up in your face. Well, I, I tried to tell you, didn't I? Now, if you was right, guess what? The Lord giveth, the Lord take away. Bless be the name of the Lord. Because I learned something. Because, see, Alan Sweets ain't pushing his agenda. Very rarely will you ever you see me pushing my agenda. I'm always trying to do what I believe and I understand to be right. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But guess what? If I'm right, I'm right. So how do we know if I'm wrong and you're right unless we let it play out? Unless we let it play out. Because right going to stand and wrong going to fall. So all we got to do is let it play out. And when it play out, hello. Oh, come on now. No, that's not what I'm saying. Her job is to support him. She part of the leadership team. So she should bring in some addiction advice to help flourish this. But when she bringing in stuff that's conflicting, then we got a problem. Two heads are better than one. So... He should have a vision. She comes to support that vision. One a thousand, two, two thousand. Ten thousand. And there's a reason for that. But the problem is she's going to bring in a conflict. And when it comes to me, I can tell you who's wrong because that's opinionated right there. That's your opinion. Because I feel. Where'd you get that? Well, I was thinking. Exactly. So no, her job is to enhance this program. Her job is to make it work better additional, carrying things. He can carry so much, we can carry so much more. But the problem comes in is when they're opposing conflicts. That means somebody right and somebody wrong. I'm big enough to say, let's let it play out. I'm big enough. Let's let it play out. Because somebody right and somebody wrong. You don't believe it's you, and I know it ain't me. In theory. Let's let it play out. Ain't nothing reason to fight about it. Just let it play out. Sometimes you handle it too fast. No, sometimes do you handle it too fast? Because see, this is about being in the will of God. Because in her example, if there was a right and wrong, if he's supposed to be doing it and he's not then it defaults to the second in command. You hear what I'm saying? Yes. But if he don't do it and she don't do it, both of them going to be judged. 
Oh, don't do your job. Don't do your job. Now, I'm not here to tell you this because I ain't got no Bible for it. I'm not saying there ain't no Bible for it. But I'm not telling you I ain't got no Bible for it. But I think there's a reason why them brats take on his name. And I think because he's responsible. Right. Now, if he don't want to take responsibility and wife covers him, the children can't be saved. But I don't know how he get past. That's just my testimony. You feel what I'm saying? Now, I know if a husband don't treat his wife right, Bible said his prayers is ended. Now, the Bible said if a woman don't treat her husband right, that means he still got to work with her. <laughs> it don't say nothing about her prayers being nothing. But the point being, I know facts is facts. And there's a reason why the children take on his name. The children take on the father's name because he's responsible. And if you don't want to take responsibility, that means somebody got to. And that's why I get elected to train, retrain some adults. Because the parents didn't take no responsibility. Because every parent is supposed to teach the child right from wrong. Not the way they want. Most parents push their agenda. But that ain't what the Bible said. The Bible said train them in the way they should go. And most parents don't even know which way a child should go. Most parents know a child should do what they say. You ain't got to be mad about it. Most say, fine, we'll just see who's right. No, we ain't got to be mad about it. I, I believe I'm right. She believes she's right. Well, let's let it play out. Let's let God decide. Because God over us both. I ain't your boss. Fine. God over us both. Let's let God decide. So God decided to decide with me. I said, who you boss now? <laughs> if she went, she said, who's your boss now? God. He just said that your way was better than mine. That's all. Go ahead. I got a kid with that with Isaiah. Yeah. Oh, you just stand for what's right. That's what the Bible told you to do. The Bible told us to stand for what's right, not who's right. And any good leader considers the information, all of it. Anybody can make a decision. Babies come home from the hospital making decisions. Just because you can make a decision don't mean nothing. The question is, can you make a good decision? Do you make informed decision? If you make good decision, you make informed decision, then you can be somebody to be respected. But just because you go around, just like I said, all these children who have lost their parent, and God wrote in the book of Psalms, the 27th chapter, he said, if your mother and your father is freakish and quit, he said, you got me. Now, you going to tell me God ain't going to tell you that? God ain't going to let humanity know that? You know what? My, my, my mother has left me, but I don't feel like I'm missing nothing. But no, I want to focus on him, my dad, walking away. Daddy! No wonder. The adversary saw an opportunity, he's going to use it with dumb people. When you was feeling some kind of way, you should have come talk to the ministry. Ministry or pastor. My dad left and, and, and I'm feeling kind of sad. Come here, let me show you what the Bible says about that. What? God got me? Psh, walk on, dad. But no, they didn't want to talk to nobody. They want to get all emotional and ha ah, ah, ah. Now, my, my, my mom left when I was four. Three and a half, four years old. My mom got taken off the scene. 
See what I think? I don't know what it's like to be without a parent. At the same time, my dad turned into an alcoholic. He'll think, I don't know what it's like to be without a parent. No, it's just you. I'm up here pastoring for a reason. I told you I done been through everything y'all been through except for exception of drugs. There ain't a person in here been through anything I ain't been through. So I know God can help. Hear, O heaven, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Now, we're not going to read. Let's give me verse 3. We're not going to read all the way down. I'll pick it up at verse 12. He said, even the ox know who his owner is. And the ass is master's crib. He said, but the children of God does not know. My people did not even consider what is right. It's all about them. It's all about their feelings. Look at verse 4. Oh, you sinful nation, a people laden with selfishness, a seed of a seed of evildoers means that's what you produce. Other rebellious. Husband's rebellious, he done taught the wife how to be rebellious. Or the husband rebellious and the wife is rebellious. It takes a just man to help somebody get straight. You can't have two crooked people trying to help one another. You got to have a just person to help somebody. The reason why the kids are the way they are, look at mom and dad. Oh, you sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. When we look at you as, as a 13-year-old, are you an asset to your house? Or are you an ass in your house? I told my son, I went by his house, and all his little kids talking about, ain't nothing to do with the house. We, we born, huh, he, huh, he, huh. I took them on one day, I saw that driveway full of ice. Full of ice. Now, I know my kids at single digits would have let that driveway be that way. Because they know I'd have come home and that ice wasn't worked on. Somebody getting worked on. My kids know what the, what the, what the uh, form of the house is. You get out there with you an ice pick and whatever you can and start breaking up. We don't have no ice pick. Tell somebody. Leave the driveway looking like that. I wish my kids would have a dirty room. I don't care if it's all behind the door or all under the bed. This room better be cleaned up. When I look in this room, I better see, I better see clean, bed made. I ain't looking underneath the bed this day. I might someday, but I ain't doing it today. I'm just peeking in there. That look pretty good. Did you know how good Corey's bed looked? My wife, did you look in the closet? I said, what do you mean the closet? She said, go look in the closet. <laughs> so I go look in the closet. Clothes everywhere. <laughs> but she knew that. I didn't know that. I'm bragging. This room look good. She said, you look in the closet? I'm like, no, ain't nobody looking in the closet. What do you look in the closet for? Everybody looking in the closet. Go check the closet. Oh, that's why she said that. <laughs> A seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backwards. backwards. You know, it's so bad. You got men wanting to be women, feminine. You know, the Bible said a man who's feminine is going to hell. You got women. I don't know why she's trying to be hard, but she's trying to be hard. For what? 
Who hear me? Let's pick up verse 13. But you need to read from verse 3 on down to 13 because God describes a lot. Now he's telling the people, bring no more. He said, bring no more of these vain actions. He said, you, you come to church is, is worthless because you come to school, but you don't learn nothing. He said, you come to church and you don't change. You just come to be coming. And it's like a wave. You come, you feel like coming to church for maybe a couple months and then you deck in the sand. For six years, no way's up. For for like six months. Then you come for like a month or two, and then you off for like six months. You got to go where you're going to be fed. Every day when the church door is open. That's why the church door is open, so somebody can be fed. You you, you, You don't eat a whole bunch for a month, and then don't eat for six months. Bring no more vain uh, oblations. Incense is an abomination. Unto, you know, this flowery, smelly, good thing. Lord, I love you. He said, that's, he said, that's an abomination unto me. An abomination means something disgusting. But yet, that's, why, that's what we offer. We offer God a form of godliness with no principles. And godliness is principles. The new moons and the Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, go up. I cannot away with it is even go up. Said your new moons and your what? You know, this is a new day. I'm going to be different today. He said that is so busted and old. I'm going to do better tomorrow. He said that's so busted and old. How many times are you going to say that? Every time tomorrow comes? This year, you know, it's the end of the year. This year, my new resolution is to be a better person. That's I'm so tired of that. I'm going to be a better man. Not with the same information you're not. How do you think you got here with that broke information you got? And that's why you come to the house of the Lord. Is to find out new, the proper way of looking at this. Appointed feasts, my soul hated. They are a trouble. I am weary to bear. And when you spread forth your hand, I will hide my eyes from you. Oh, Lord. I mean, you steady doing this. God said, bouncing off the ceiling. Most of you don't even know it. Verse 1 said, the Lord said this. This is just happened to be verse 15 of the same verse. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of committed sins. And I'm talking about you kids whose parents who are weak. There ain't no excuse for you. God is still the same. Now, the parent was supposed to help you, but don't act like the parent was the only one there to help. This all started with God. The parents are supposed to be operating under God's authority. Just because the parent ain't don't mean God ain't got no authority. I will not hear because your hands are full of blood. Wash you, make you clean. 
Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes and cease to do evil. Man, there were so many human things that I was doing before I came to out here, sat under bishopry. I didn't even know the Bible said thou shalt not. But when they show me in Bible class and service on the screen, I'll put it down. This ain't about no special Kool-Aid mix. This is about a conscience addressing. I want to be holy. And that's why I come to church to find out what the Bible says. Some of the kids in here are depressed because they got depressing parents. Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from behind, but before my eyes and cease to do evil. Go up. Learn, Learn to do. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Learn. What are you supposed to do? Use it as an excuse, right? I don't know what to do. Ask somebody. I mean, we learned that in kindergarten. We learn in kindergarten if you don't know ass. And you 13, what are you doing? I don't know. What do you mean? I don't know. What are you supposed to do? I don't know. <laughs> learn to do well. Seek judgment. Man, pastor's always on me. You're supposed to solicit judgment. He's supposed to be asking for understanding. Right. Pastor, am, am I doing this the right way? Right. Pastor, do I got this the right way? Right. It says, seek judgment. Yes, Relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together. What? saith the Lord. Though your sins be as, though they shall be white as snow, because we reason together. Because you spent time with God. Right. This is what the product is. Your sins shall be scarlet, but they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Why? Because you spent time with God and found out how to clean it up. Amen. So I guess what? I tell you right now, I don't care what prayer you ain't done, you ain't cleaned it up, so therefore you ain't spent no time with God. Right. Religious movement. Everybody doing their part, don't answer that. What I'm saying is everybody doing their part because even grandparents have a responsibility and ain't watch the kids. There's supposed to be development here. There's supposed to be character that people can below can look up and say, I want to be like that. Most of our young people look to our adults and say, I don't want to be like that. They don't want to be like that. And then for our young people who are like their parents, we play, we plead with the kid. Don't be like that. Come now, let us reason together, says Lord. Though your sins be scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be and if you be willing, not if you be obedient, willing to be obedient. Because if you're willing, how long will you do it? You'll do it forever. Because that is your will. 
But you can be obedient because the pastor's on you. But you're not willing. You shall eat the good of the land. Don't move. But if ye and do what you want, ye shall be from the mouth of the Lord spoken. I'm trying to help you. Man, you better go where you can be where you can be fed. There was a thing, anybody watch cowboy shows, there's a thing called consumption. Anybody watch war movies, there's a thing called consumption. Anybody know what that is? Nutrition was poor. Nutrition was poor. If unsanitary, health problems. If you're not where you can, what? Be fed. You can't eat for 30 days and take four months off. You've got to be in a place where you're being fed. And for those of you, it means prayer also. Where you spend time with God to find out the truth. Amen. Amen. We got to make a change. I appreciate you coming out. Does anybody have a question?